Welcome to the radio broadcast of Pineview Baptist Church, a growing community of faith in the Belfast community of Goldsboro. We are located at 3357 U.S. Highway 117 North in Goldsboro. We invite you to find out more about our congregation by visiting us at facebook.com forward slash Pineview Baptist Goldsboro. Join us now for our weekly message. If you would like more information about Pineview Baptist Church, we invite you to follow us on social media. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Pineview Baptist Goldsboro. There, you will find information about our service times, upcoming events, directions to our church, and videos of our Sunday services. There's nothing like a homecoming. Maybe you haven't gone home in a while and you get to return and and see family and friends that you have missed. Maybe you've been away on business and you long for your own comforts, your own bed. There's nothing quite as enjoyable as that. And in our psalm today, the people of God, the Israelite children, had been in a long exile. They had been away from home for quite some time. It's assumed by most that the exile mentioned here is the Babylonian exile. And if we go with that theory, then Cyrus, the king of Persia, had conquered Babylon in 583 B.C. And 2 Chronicles 36 tells us that the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus. He he caused him to issue a proclamation that the Israelites could return back to their native land. They could return to their homes. They could rebuild their places of worship and their cities. In Ezra chapter 1, it also details the event for us. And then in verse or chapter 3, verse 7, it says, So they gave money to the masons and carpenters, and food and drink and oil to the Sidonians and the Tyrians, to bring cedar trees from Lebanon to the sea, to Joppa, according to the grant that they had from Cyrus, king of Persia. God not only stirred up King Cyrus, but he, he put it on his heart to bless the people, to give them the things that they would need for their return back to their homeland. And so Cyrus blessed the people. He sent them on their way. Isaiah describes this event as well, and he attributes it all to the sovereignty and the providence of God. And it says in our text in Psalm 126, there in the very beginning in the first verse, that they were in a dream-like state. It says that their fortunes were restored. They're experiencing a great homecoming. And you would think on the surface reading that, that everything was just Wonderful that everything was grand, but it would not be without hardship and labor. It would be hard work. This passage, while written to a specific people in a specific context, teaches us some things about the Christian life and about the character of God. It teaches us that God has a purpose in suffering in exile. Spoiler alert, the purpose is His glory. It teaches us that God is a restorer, again, for the purpose of His own glory. It teaches us that the Christian life is a life of weeping, of sowing, 
and of harvesting. Don't buy into those who would tell you that God wants you to be rich and healthy all the time. Don't buy into those who would tell you that if you had enough faith, your life would be easier, that it would be better, more manageable, that you would be popular, that you would be cool. Because the Bible nowhere teaches that ideology. But it does tell us, Christian, that the Christian life involves weeping, sowing, labor, toil. But there's a promise at the end. I see two sermons in this passage. You say, you said you were going to be short today, Pastor. I am. Not only two sermons, but really a sermon within a sermon. I don't want to simply reduce this passage down to three points, although I'm going to in some way. But I want you to see, yes, the process that the people went through, but the main point is the sermon within the sermon. I want you to see what happened when God restored their fortunes. I want you to see the struggle, but even the blessing in the struggle. So I have three points. And the first one that I'll share with you is that when God restored their fortunes, the people were filled with joy. When God restored their fortunes, the people were filled with joy. Notice verses 1 and 2 of Psalm 126. It says, When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. There had been prophecies about the restoration that would eventually take place. No doubt the people knew about it. They had heard it. Their own teachers, their prophets had given them this word that one day they would return home, that one day God would fulfill His promise to His people. But still, when it actually happened, we see that it was an overwhelming moment for the people. They said, we were like those who dream. We were in a dream-like state. So much sorrow, so much pain, and now restoration. God had fulfilled His promise, and it says that their response was laughter and shouts of joy. Look what our God has done. How often do we overlook the promises of God, justify a restoration a victory as something that we did by our own work, by our own hands, our own hard work and effort. We often fail to see the goodness of God. We neglect thanksgiving and praise when in reality, as the nation of Israel was, we should be filled with laughter, with shouts of joy at the providence of God just as the Israelites were when they came home from exile. When God restored their fortunes, they were filled with joy. But secondly, we see that when God restored their fortunes, the people proclaimed God's greatness. They proclaimed God's greatness. Verse 2, the latter part, and verse 3, it says, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. God's providence was so wonderful among His people that the nations heard about it. It says that in verse 2, the nations said among the people, look what God has done for them. Look how God has delivered them and restored them. Before the Israelites could ever verbalize it, the nations around them had received 
the news and heard the word. The mighty works of God are testament enough. They are a testament unto themselves, a testament to the world of how great our God is. But notice that the people affirmed that word as well in verse 3, the Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. When the Lord does great things among His people, it is an opportunity to witness and to proclaim His glory. And so I ask you, how often do we take hold of those opportunities? How often do we tell others about the faithfulness of God in our own individual lives or in our churches and our ministries when God is hitting us upside the head with an opportunity to share our faith and to share the goodness and the glory of God? The people proclaimed God's greatness when God did what He said He would do. But thirdly, we see in the text that when God restored their fortunes, the people passionately prayed. The people passionately prayed. Verse 4, it says this, Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev. The psalmist was thankful to be back home, but there also came with that a realization that the people still needed revival. This was more than a prayer for just a physical return to the land. The psalmist knew that God's people still needed their covenantal God. They still needed that relationship with Yahweh. After much time away, the, the land undoubtedly had, had grown wild. And they would have to rework it. Nature has a way of overtaking things that aren't cared for. And so the prayer that the psalmist offers here reflects the harshness of their existence. Even though they were restored, it was not an easy path ahead of them. Notice the phrase, like streams in the Negev. They pray for a restoration of their well-being in the land. Southern Israel is very dry. And there's a term that they use for their seasonal stream beds called wadi. And the wadis are, you might call them ditches. You might call them dried up riverbeds. But they would turn to streams and the streams of water would flow down to the drier parts of Israel when the rainy seasons came. It's as if the psalmist was saying, God, send us a flash flood of Your goodness, of Your mercy, of Your grace. Transform this dried up, barren land into a garden once again. It's a bold prayer. And God answers it with a promise. And so I've given you my three points today, but I very quickly want to point you to the sermon within the sermon. Yes, the people were filled with joy. Yes, they prayed. Yes, they even proclaimed God's greatness because of what He had done. But now the metaphor of a harvest takes over in verses 5 and 6. Read it with me. It says, Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. 
This is where the weeping and the sowing and the harvesting comes into play. Verse 5, those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. There will be songs of joy. But only when the difficult work of sowing has been done and the crop has been planted and brought to maturity by God Himself. I'm sure that thought encouraged the returning exiles as they thought of the overgrown and neglected land. Let's reclaim this land, perhaps they said. Let's rework this soil. Let's resettle our cities and our homes. Brothers and sisters, that's where we find ourselves in God's plan. If you have your Bible still open, turn to the New Testament to the book of James. James chapter 5, a couple of verses of Scripture that I want to read with you. James 5, verses 7 and 8. It says, Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Are we being patient We're waiting on the Lord even in the midst of our hardships. Psalm 126 verse 6, He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. After experiencing God's deliverance on their behalf, the psalmist reassures the people that a harvest will come. Van de Deward writes, The confident song of these liberated exiles can teach us to hope for the progress of the gospel today. They knew who their Redeemer was and testified that He is mighty to save. Now they turned and through their songs preached good news to the sorrowful. We know from the words of the Lord Jesus Christ that the sower is ultimately a representation of spreading the Word of God, Mark chapter 4. It may seem that the work is difficult and even hopeless. It may seem that the preached Word and evangelism are fruitless. Parents may begin to despair that their children will never respond to God's Word. Some of the older generation, hear me, may recall the church of decades ago and weep as they look at what is left standing. Years may pass, and even decades, and there may seem to be no harvest. We've been talking a lot lately, brothers and sisters, about revitalization. We've been talking about renewal in the church, and we have certain things in place that it's my hope and prayer will help us in that regard. We've been praying for our community. We've been asking God to send us young families and and children. We've been asking for our younger families to to return and to come back post-quarantine and connect with the body of Christ. We've been through a season of doubt, a season of struggle. 
Are you following me, church family? The psalmist today has told us that even in this struggle, even in the disappointment that we've been through, we are not alone. We're not even alone in our own context. There are churches around us that are, that are struggling, that are fighting for life. But this psalm points us to a promise today. The gospel will bear fruit. It will not fall on dry, barren soil. It will spring up and give life. And it may not seem like it today, church. And some of us may never see the results. But church history is full of examples of weeping, of sowing, and of harvesting. Take heart, Pineview Baptist. It is okay to weep. It is okay to realize that the task before us is not an easy one. And that if revitalization would occur in this local church, that it would only be by the grace of God and by some sweat equity. But I want to encourage you today to roll up your sleeves, to sow, to plant. You may be weeping through it. It may be the hardest task that has ever been placed before you. But rest in the hope of the gospel, believe that God's word will accomplish what it is intended to accomplish. Whether you're in slavery, in exile in a foreign land, or whether you're in a discouraging season of labor and toil, keep sowing, keep spreading the good news. Keep testifying to the goodness of God because our text says that he who goes out weeping bearing seed for sowing shall come home with shouts of joy bringing his sheaves with him. There will be a harvest. So let's labor. Let's plant. Let's sow because that harvest will come. This is God's Word. It is for us as people. And I say thanks be to God for it. Father God, work in us your people. Not so that we can be known. But so that your glory will be displayed. Not so that we can keep the doors of the church open, but so that the community will say, look what God has done. Look what God has done for them. Look how God has renewed and restored. Fill your people with joy, with laughter. May we be encouraged today with the message of this text that those who, yes, go out weeping, those who struggle and labor and toil shall come home with shouts of joy. There will be a harvest. The gospel will do what it promises it will do. God, encourage us today. 
Give us a conviction and a commitment to dig in and to serve you. It is in the name of Christ Jesus we pray and ask all of these things. God's people said, Amen and Amen. If you would like more information about Pineview Baptist Church, we invite you to follow us on social media. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Pineview Baptist Goldsboro. There you will find information about our service times, upcoming events, directions to our church, and videos of our Sunday services.